Here we are then uh, with the Home Time Show podcast. Bush and Rich here. Good to have your company. Uh, before we get going into the show, uh, I just wanted to let you in on what I've been snacking on whilst the, the, the program's been going on. I'm still working from home. I'm back in the studio from next week. Richie's still in the studio in central London. He's already there. But I've been eating Brazil nuts during the course of the show over the past couple of days. I'm trying to get a bit more healthy what I've been snacking on. And I'm going to say, I know that there is a league table of nuts. I mean, is there a league table of nuts? I'm going to have to say that Brazil nuts are quite far down there. I would say that they were not in the relegation zone, but maybe threatened with relegation if they don't buck their act up. I'm not surprised to hear this because um, Brazil nuts, generally, I find, when you see your Brazil nut, is covered in chocolate. Yeah. Um, you've got to look at, I would say, your cashews or your peanuts. They're, they're your nuts that are confident to go out as naked nuts. Whereas your Brazil nut, he wants he wants some chocolate sheath. Well, this is a good point. I mean, like, well, you know, pistachios and all that kind of thing. I'd love to have pistachios at my beck and call, but the price these days for pistachios are not made of money. I'd say if there was a league table, I'm saying right up the top, winning the double every year, honey roasted cashews. They are very nice indeed. And where where are um, you know? Are they called monkey nuts? Was that even is that even the right thing? Yeah, yeah, monkey the, nuts. The, yeah, yeah. Where, where where what are they? Like where do they figure in all of this? The ones you've got to crack with a nutcracker to yeah. get them out and all that stuff. What's all that about? So, uh, bang average, bang average. I don't. I wouldn't get excited about them, but um, if they're there in front of me, I'd happily munch. If you, um, that's not the first time he said that as well. <laughs> um, if you saw someone eating them and there's like dust and nutshell everywhere mm-hmm. would you would you think that was normal kind of grown up behaviour would be a little bit concerned about someone eating monkey nuts like that no I, I I wouldn't have a problem because um it's a bit of a thing that you have in five guys isn't it they, they have free monkey nuts and, do they yeah oh yeah god I've been in five guys loads of times I've never been offered free monkey nuts well they don't offer them they're, they're, they're just there where where Look, Monday, I'll, I will. You're, you're back in the studio. Uh, we finished. <laughs> me and, and you, me and you went for dinner in Five Guys. Do you remember when we had a really yeah. long day just before we all got locked down again for the third time? Where was the monkey nuts then? Ah, now I wonder whether the monkey nuts have been a casualty of COVID because, of Not course, before COVID, people would just dive in to the nuts. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you don't want, like, you no. know, your, your your COVID spores over monkey nuts. Well, this is another casualty of the whole COVID thing over the past 12 months is shareable bar snacks and nuts and stuff mm. like that as well. Um, we'll check that out when you're in on Monday. Yeah. Uh, before the show, let's go to Five Guys and see if the monkey nuts are back. All for research. Right, do you fancy a picnic in the Queen's Garden? It's something that you could do this summer. Um, you know how oh. normally uh, Buckingham Palace would be open to the public over the summer? You could go and have a look around at all the galleries, the staterooms, that kind of thing. They're not going to do that uh-huh. this year because of COVID. Yeah. Instead, trade-off is the Queen's going to open the garden instead and you can go and have a picnic in it. Go and have a look around the 39-acre grounds. Uh, you can't bring in alcohol. You can't bring in barbecues, but you can see all the beautiful borders and the flowers and the bushes oh. and the trees and all that kind of thing. Fancy that bush, £16.50? It's annoying you can't take in your own stuff. I'd love to leave one of them square uh, 24-hour petrol station disposable barbecue <laughs> patches on the lawn at Buckingham Palace. Imagine that. Imagine being responsible for that. <laughs> 45 minutes of grilling time oh. unevenly. Uh, <laughs> and then it goes in the palace bin somewhere. I love it. Absolutely oh, love it. 
I mean, the concept of opening up your own garden for members of the public to to come and have a uh, a picnic in. If I opened my my garden, it would be so different to the Queen. You could come round, you could sit on my lawn, and you wouldn't be able to see 39 acres. You'd be able to see a couple of gas canisters and some IKEA furniture that needs staining very badly. But you know, you, you haven't worked done at the moment, so if, I felt like if I'd paid to come and stay at your garden, you know when they go on that slice, they go to a hotel that's clearly not finished yet? <laughs> It'd be like that. I, I'd have to do video camera footage on my phone. of This is my view from my hotel window. Look at this, there's tarpaulin everywhere. If we came to your garden, what would we be able to see while we're, being, uh, while we're picnicking? Uh, a veg patch that was started with all the best intents <laughs> right at the beginning of the uh, lockdown, and it's been destroyed and dirtied by the local fox population <laughs> that's what they could come and see for 16 pound 50 okay let's 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 make this a little bit more every day then it's not the queen's garden if we were to come round to your garden and have a picnic in it what would be the sights that we would see uh, that might be a bit more every day stephen says some kids goalposts and a patch of moss on the lawn that refuses to be treated with weed killer that's more like it do you know what? I would divide our listeners, the home time listeners, into two groups. There's either people like, you know, I think we're in that group. The garden needs a bit of uh, TLC, shall we say. And then there's others that have built amazing, like, their own personal bars. And uh, the back garden looks like the hanging gardens of Babylon, if you know what I mean. Craig Hall has tweeted uh, a video of his Lockdown One project, and he's got a bar with fairy lights in his back garden. So wow. it's worth the £16.50 entrance fee, I'd say. Sean's is a bit different. He says some plant pots with nothing but soil in them, worn-out decking and a weather-beaten bird table. Celia says in mine, a hot tub, a metal bull called Nelson and swing ball. <laughs> it's all going on around there. Uh, John says, listen to this, afternoon, gents. I currently have a pair of swans nesting in my garden. Oh. So though I would love to have you round for a picnic, I don't think it would be advisable. He's almost a hostage in his own house, this fella. Break your arm with their wings, the old swans. Uh, George, what would we see round yours? You'd see my garden railway. Which oh. is steam railway that I run round. It's made of planes. This sounds like right up Ritchie Street, almost his dream. Just to clarify for the uninitiated, what kind of... Is it gauge, you guys say? What, what What's yes. the size of this railway? It's 45mm gauge. Oh, decent gauge, that is, George. I mean, I would pay £16.50 to come around. So how long is it, madam? That's about 150 feet. <laughs> oh, I say. Yeah, that's, the, that's the railway, that is. <laughs> Can you sit on it? Is it a train that's big enough to sit on no, and go around? Like you have at, um, flambards and stuff? Not unless you're very small. I was going to say, not a 45 mil bush. Come on. Come <laughs> it's on. Always, I'm having flashbacks to uh, when we had... Um, what, what was his name? Oh, I'm so sorry. What's his name when we had on about the size of his uh, waistline and I got it completely wrong? Centimeters and... <laughs> Let's not go there. Let's not go there. <laughs> How many locos you got, George? About 14. Oh, I, I genuinely would come round if the invite was extended. Well, you better come round one day. All right, just, we'll, just, take, we'll just, take this offline. <laughs> just, <laughs> well, just very quickly, other other features on there. Does it go for any tunnels? Does it have little train stations that it stops at? What other kind of features take this to the next level, George? Well, no, that's not really done yet. It's just basically tracks at the moment. How long have you been spending on this, George? Oh, on and off, about 20 years. When the other end is a lot of time, it just falls apart and has to be rebuilt. Oh, I'm so envious. Hey. That That's garden goals for me. Well... There you go. Want to see it? Come in. <laughs> you get his free tickets right there. Free tickets right there. <laughs> Cheers, fella. Good to talk. Thank you. 
Paddy McGuinness. That's who I was thinking of. Sorry about that. I just want to add that at the end. Paddy <laughs> McGuinness. That's the name of the person whose waist I was trying to uh, estimate. Sorry, George. John says, my garden is currently in disarray, but we do have a delightful garden shed that is being held together solely by a thick clutch of bramble thorns growing on the inside. It's like something out of Jumanji. Uh, the, <laughs> the Queen is opening the Buckingham Palace Gardens. Paul and Ashley say, in our garden, we have a man cave with a hot tub and a bar with working pumps and optics, a fish pond with a bridge over it, lots of patio areas with beautiful flowering plants. I'd pay for that. Uh, Neil, what do we see in yours? You'd see our little uh, micro-pig, Wilbur. Oh, wow. So (laughs) you've got a micro-pig at your house. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So uh, how big is the micro-pig? He's sort of a small small Labrador size. He's black. He's not pink like everybody seems to think he is. You know, when we take him to the vet, people think they're going to see a pink pig and then this little black one rolls in. Wow. And then age-wise, we were talking yesterday about how to try to work out a dog's age and all animals seem to have a different formula. How old is, is Wilbur the micro-pig? <laughs> He's 10. He's just turned 10 um, about three weeks ago. OK, I, I would say if he's 10, but he's the size of a Labrador, he ain't that micro, really, is he? He's a fully grown micro pig. <laughs> this is so confusing. Right. He isn't going to get any bigger. He's not going to be a 35 stone monster. He's, ever, he's only so, ever going to be as big as he is now, about 35 kilos. So if it was like a normal full-on pig, I think that's the technical term for it, then it'd be huge, yeah. wouldn't it? We'd wreck in the house. Yeah, we um, we know a little sanctuary at Lukaku, and some of them quite up to two um, two hundred kilos, but he's only about thirty five. Okay, I was going to say then, wow. if that if that is the case, then the fact he's the size of a Labrador but is still called a micro pig, that's fair enough. <laughs> I will take that, shall we? <laughs> so, um, Richie and I've paid our sixteen pound fifty to come around to your house. What what tricks yep. does Wilbur do? How will he entertain us while we're there? Uh, as long as you've got grapes, he will go round, he'll do his little round, he'll jump up on his bag legs, uh, back legs, he'll give you trotter. If you give him a grape and say trotter, he'll sort of shake your hand. Yeah. He's well trained. Oh, I'm coming around your house as soon as I finish the guy with the 45 mil railway. Yeah, you're more than welcome. I'll bring the grapes. Uh, this text says, Bush, Richie, those tickets for the Palace Gardens, they're as rare as hen's teeth. I've been in a queue on online since yesterday evening I'm currently 4,567th that's unbelievable I mean I can understand being in a queue like that for the Glastonbury Festival do you know what I mean but <laughs> just have a look around Buckingham Garden come on yeah. uh, Julie Julie says if you came to her garden you could come and see the pigeons that hang out there and she's got a name that they call them uh, they call their pigeons the So Solid Coo see what she's done there <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Do you ever wish you could fine other people for annoying behaviour? <laughs> fine strangers? Because I, I don't mean you, I always feel like uh, other people get away with doing annoying stuff because there's no consequences. There's a lot of like that in, in modern life, isn't it? People just being a bit cheeky and getting away with it because there's no real comeback to them. But imagine, right? Imagine in this kind of parallel universe, you were able to dish out a fixed penalty notice, mm-hmm. a ticket for a specific bit of annoying behaviour and a cash fine on the spot. And the question is, what would it be? What would you fine someone for and what would the amount be? The reason I'm talking about this is that this has happened to me quite a few times, particularly obviously during the whole lockdown. Uh, And that is when you are going into a shop Mm -hmm. and you've slowed to take your face mask out of your pocket to put it on your mouth and someone's seen you 
and they've decided to speed up and run and dive into the shop without their face mask on, and then they put it in, put they put it on whilst they're actually in the shop. And I would find someone about two hundred quid for that, if I'm honest. To wind up, uh, that is um, that is that is a real thing, and uh, yeah, I would I would support your action there. Um, for me. Um, this 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 is something that has annoyed me, whether it's uh, during any COVID period or, to be quite frank, for years beforehand. People that get to the top of escalators, whether you're in a shop or on any underground system anywhere in the world, people who get to the top of escalators get off and stop. Blockers, as I call them. I just, I, I, I'm, I'm going to not be quite as expensive. I would just hand out a £10 fine there and then, right? There and then, wow. £10 fine. If you block the top of an escalator so everyone else is just, like, ramming into the back of you, oh, it does my head in. So, yeah, that would be my fixed penalty. It, it seems lenient, £10 a time, but it'd add up over the course of a month, Exactly, and that's why it would change behaviour. So there you go. People standing at the top of escalators, uh, people doing that thing where they dive into a shop without their mask on to try and cut ahead of you and then put their mask on when they're in there. Uh, if you could dish out a fixed penalty notice for one specific annoying bit of behaviour, what would it be? Uh, Steve says he'd hand it out. He doesn't actually give them the, the price on this fine, but he says it would be for those people with those massive loud exhausts. <laughs> you know, it's got one person in your area that has a loud exhaust, yes. gets home from work late. It'd be that. Uh, once again, no tariff on these two fines that have come in, but mobile phones coming in for a fair bit of clog. Uh, people who spend an entire bus journey shouting into their phone that's on loudspeaker... Uh, says uh, Selena, and then Sam, just using them at the dinner table. Rude. <laughs> uh, Jamie says he'd hand out a fine for professional footballers who take a corner and it doesn't clear the first player. <laughs> Do you know what? If something's yes. happened to football, it, if something's happened to the corner... In, in modern football where they just don't do good corners anymore now at all and I think Jamie's onto something there Arsenal play at 8 o'clock tonight I know I'm going to be watching very frustrated from home I would happily jump into the telly and take any corners for them I know <laughs> I will take a better one there you go if you want to dish out a fixed punny notice for annoying behaviour get involved now shopping trolleys uh, are beginning to uh, now uh, come into uh, people's eye lines uh, Fred in Red Hill says people who drag their trolley diagonally behind them in supermarkets they hold yeah. on to it behind them while looking at products on the other side of the aisle and then this one here says I dish out a fine for people who ram their trolleys into you at the supermarket and then look at you as if it's your fault uh, Jim says drivers who don't do the little thank you wave or light flash when you stop to let them through. There's a definite fixed penalty fine there. Nick says people who say espresso when ordering a coffee. <laughs> a lot of people have been saying fine drivers who don't say thanks and stuff. However, Christian and Horsham's got a counterpoint. He says, guys, can I dispute the previous listener's suggestion for a fine? I would find drivers who do thank you for letting them through when it's very clearly their right of way. Suggests that they think that you're doing them a favour, so don't fundamentally understand that you're just following the rules. It's got a point. This all started off um, with uh, examples of, for example, people stopping at the top of escalators and supermarket trolleys and that kind of stuff. It's not taken us long to get on to driving. Uh, the uh, the wonderfully named Mole is uh, hanging on. Uh, what's your fixed penalty? Uh, well, when you're stuck in a petrol station and it's early in the morning, you're in a rush to get to work, the car in front of you's been there for ten minutes, you're counting the heads of the queue in the uh, cash point and the person walks out just minding their own business with their subway or their uh, <laughs> the Greg sausage roll and you're like, are you having a laugh? <laughs> <laughs> work and they're like, it's like, yeah, I'm just getting me lunch. I've been staying for 10 minutes. It's just, 
Do you know what? There's, there's a Marks and Spencers one near us in Leon C, and people go and do the big shop in there as well, and you're stuck behind them waiting to try and get on and get some fuel. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, they come out with cream cakes and their washing powder and, and the old ladies jump in their little mini and you're stuck there in the queue like, oh, that's time you never get back in your life, that is. I need to hold my hands up. If that really is the case, I'd be issued with a few fines. Well, this is a good point, right? Well, what's the ruling on, right? Are you allowed to fill up with petrol at a petrol station and then drive to a bit where you can park and then clear the lane if you wanted to then get loads of shopping in there? Or would, would they think that you're trying to drive off with the petrol? No, 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 you can do that. Oh, I'm not, I'm not so... a reserve, reserve lane in front of you and the fuel um, <laughs> petrol pumps allow you to put more than one order on. It's just polite, isn't it? A bit of road courtesy. Even if you just pull forward enough to let the car behind you move in to fill up. It's a good one, Mole. I think uh, I think it's another one for consideration. Been a busy old show tonight. Still hearing from uh, a lot of you uh, who are proud of your gardens. Now, if you weren't with us at the beginning of the show, uh, this is why uh, the Queen has opened up Buckingham Palace this summer for people to come and have a picnic in the garden. Um, she, apparently proud of it. Uh, Thirty-nine acres you can uh, you can have a look at. Uh, so, if we were to come and have a picnic in your garden, what would you see? David's hanging on. David, tell us about yours. What are we seeing? What are you proud of? Very proud. I live beside the seaside in a little town called Bucky, North Scotland. And I moved in here four years ago, and I was wanting something different for my garden. So I went down to the harbour in Bucky, where all the boats get landed. And I saw an old gentleman, and he gave me a long piece of fishing net, which I attached to the, the fence. I went to one of the local fishmongers, picked up some scallop shells. I bet it looks amazing. I, I, I'm picturing, you remember the guy that used to live in the lighthouse in Fraggle Rock with the dog? Uh, and it's a very kind of uh, calm existence at one with nature. Is that what you've got going on there, David? It is a bit of a calm with nature, yes. I mean, I haven't got a big garden. Uh, it's a small bit of grass as well to be mown. Uh, I've got some lobster stroke crab pots as well. So they've dotted about my, my garden as well. Obviously because we live beside the seaside, we thought, yeah. Sorry, it's not the greatest line, but did you say crab pots? Crab, crab stroke lobs are pots. Sorry, yeah. I thought they were just not very good pots. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's old lobster pots that the obviously they you know they make they make new ones. Gotcha. I've and we've even named our house. Uh, it's a word called Taiman. That means wild ocean. Wow, you've got it all going on there, my friend. One hundred percent. I think Richie and I'd be more than happy to pay the sixteen pound fifty entrance fee. <laughs> Cheers, David. Good to talk. All the best, mate. Cheers. Uh, Jen, what's in yours? You would see a miniature horse called Microdave. (laughs) Wow. You'd see quite a few miniature horses, but you would see the main one is Microdave. If you Google him, he's everywhere on the internet. Okay. Okay, so this has been a hell of a show for Richie and I. It's been a real roller coaster. We started off the show hearing about Wilbur the Micro Pig. Now uh, we're ending the show by talking about Micro Dave. Yeah, this is Micro Dave, because his daddy is Little Dave and his granddaddy's Dave. 
Wow. Uh, I'm looking at a picture of Micro Dave. He he really is a diddy little thing, isn't he? Yep, yep. He's not so much anymore. He's quite a junky monkey now, but he was very little as a foal. Wow. And is this like an accidental tiny little horse, like a one in a million, or is it a special type of breed? No, they're they're bred to be that small. Wow. So uh, when he was born, how big was he again? He was about 14 inches when he was born. Wow, and can you like take him into town in like a backpack like people do with chihuahuas and stuff? He was so he was so small. I was he had a lot of photographers come up and film him, and I was having to check their pockets when they were leaving because he was that small. So, <laughs> I mean, so what? He got famous. Did he have any big sort of like you know exposure? Yeah, he was on. He he was famous for biting Jonathan Ross on one of his evening shows. Because right. um, <laughs> he, he got invited on as a guest for Martin Clunes on the Jonathan Ross show. Right. And then he was on GMTV as well um, a couple of weeks earlier than that. Wow. And when we spoke to the fellow earlier on about Wilbur the micropig, uh, apparently he can do a bit where he runs around the circle for a grape and he'll give you give you hoof, which is a fantastic phrase. Uh, what can Micro Dave do? <laughs> it's Trotter, what? isn't it? It's Trotter with a pig, isn't it? Oh, yeah, Trotter. Sorry, there. <laughs> bad terminology there. <laughs> you get the terminology right. Uh, yeah, he could give you hoof, but um, not a lot else. He just stands there and looks beautiful most of the time. Uh, so, well, thank you for sticking to uh, st- uh, sticking with us uh, through uh, another podcast. Uh, before we go, Bush, um, up to you whether this happens or not, but uh, our producer has got a nut-related question. This better be good. If he if he's barged in saying, I've got a nut-related question, then is this going to have to be good, producer Adam? What uh, no, is it? It's not a great question. I'm going to open with that. Uh, you said you're munching on Brazil nuts to, for a healthy snack. Yep. How many have you had? Probably two thirds of the bag. It's a. It's quite a big bag. I've had okay. two thirds of it. Yeah, two hundred gram bag. I've had two thirds of it. Okay, so per nut, it's thirty three calories. So let's say you've had a hundred grams, for example. Yeah. That's six hundred fifty six calories, mate. It's not a healthy snack. Did you just say that each Brazil nut was thirty three calories? Without chocolate, each Brazil nut in its raw form is thirty three calories. That's, that's a bit of a game changer, that, isn't it? No, no nut is a healthy nut. Put the Brazil nuts down.